The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, it seems to me this is actually quite a um, terrifying gospel passage. I'm not sure that we, that we get that in, you know, even my dramatic retelling of, of the thing. Um, and I always wonder in, in that situation, right, I'm, I'm giving the voice of, of Jesus and this man with the unclean spirit and, like, what, what sounds, like, more naturally like my voice? <laughs> is, it the, is it the man with the unclean spirit or is it Jesus? Do not answer that question. Okay, this is... We're going to ponder on that. Father Daniel's dramatic retelling, you know, proclamation of the scriptures. Okay. It's a terrifying scene, isn't it? I mean, do we have... We, we do have some experience with things like this, things that we find uh, unsettling. And I say, you know, like, we know that Jesus... So let me say, Jesus is on the, on the scene in order to affect healing... He's, he's preaching, he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, he's affecting that reality, right? He's, he's bringing it to birth, right? On earth as it is in heaven, he's doing it. And we, know, we say, okay, great, I know, I know that he has healing also for me. You know, he has strength for me to persevere in very challenging times. And he has healing for me beyond my, probably beyond my belief, Right? So we, we know, yeah, I'm, I'm wounded, I'm desperate for healing. Am I always eager to come to Jesus? Do I always trust that, that he has healing for me? Okay, so we, ha we have this kind of understanding of our own situation in life. We can say, okay, with a bit of analysis, okay, this is, this is the, the dark thing that's happening over here. This is the challenge that's, that's happening over there. These are the things that I'm struggling with and, and so on and so forth. But I don't think we stop often and think there are also forces, or say a dark spiritual force, behind the struggles that we ourselves are, are encountering. Right? It's, it, the, the sum total of the thing is greater than its parts. We go, what, what is up with that? Yeah? And, and here we see here Jesus on the scene, again, affecting this kingdom of God reality that he's preaching, that he's proclaiming you know, himself at the head of this great renewal movement of God that will result in the restoration of, of the entire world. And here he's doing battle not only with, you know, the outgrowth of these 
dark spiritual forces. He's dealing with the spiritual forces themselves. It's very significant for us who come to Jesus for healing and strength, who come to him to be renewed, to know that he's renewing us whole and entire. And he's fighting off forces that we're really not that, that aware of either. But he's making God's authority to bear for us here and now. We just have, we have to come to him. We just have to come to him. And, you know, that's, that's struggle enough. I was saying to someone in the confessional the other day, you know, I, go, I, I also go to confession more than I want to. <laughs> you know, in a sense, like, I don't really want to go all the time, right? But I find myself going all the time because I need, I need the healing and strength. I know that I have to show up. And I'm never disappointed, of course, by, by the outflowing of, of mercy that comes through faithful reception of, of that sacrament. But I go more than I want to go, right? What does it mean? It means that I'm, I'm sluggish as well, right? It's like I, I, I perhaps don't want to go back and pester Jesus for the, for the healing, for that same thing, you know, over and over again. It's like, okay, just give me the strength. Let's be done with it. Well, yeah, he will give us the strength, and we can be done with it if we keep our eyes fixed on him, our hearts, our minds trained on him. Because, right, it's when we take our eyes off of him that, that we lose access to the power that he, that he has come to give, give us, and not just give us, but breathe into us, to nourish and sustain us with in his, in his own blessed life. It's significant that Jesus is coming to do battle with the forces that, that oppress and oppose us and even derail us, right? We see in the scriptures that he's doing battle here with an unclean spirit. Well, what is an unclean spirit? It's a spirit that defiles someone, right? But when we talk about defilement, we've got to think of, and when we think about purity and impurity, cleanness and uncleanness and the rest, we have to know what a human being is. God made human beings to be the hinge of his creation. We're the, we're the only creature of God that can bring earth to heaven and heaven to earth. Another way to say that, right, is that we are priests and kings of God's rule. So we're priests in the sense that we're going to offer what he gives us, the material substrate of our, of our life, right, every fiber of our being, we're going to offer it to him in praise. That's what priests do. Right? They, they make gifts, they turn gifts over to God, really for the sake of all. So priests are offering the sacrifice. We're offering the sacrifice of our hearts and lives, body, mind, and soul. We're giving everything to God, okay? We're priests. We're also kings of his rule, right? Kings operate with power. And when we think of power, of course, we think of, quote-unquote, the most powerful people we know, right? The people who have the ability to manipulate everything, right? The, the, the people who have ability to manipulate our lives from afar. That's what we think of power. But look at Jesus, who's on the scene with the power of God and the authority of God. What's his aim here? His aim is liberation from defiling spirits so that we can, we can live according to the plan of God. We can live according to his original vision of human flourishing as, as his priests and kings, giving ourselves over in, to God entirely, in praise and in pouring ourselves out in his service. Yeah, this is, this is our overcoming the defiling or the unclean spirit. And Jesus is on the scene in order to make that happen. This is what the authority of God looks like in action. I think it's, it's significant to see, right? Jesus, okay, he taught them, they were astonished because they, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And the scribes are going to refer back to previous teaching and teachers. 
And they're going to try to track, right, from, from Moses and the Torah all the way to the present day and say, you know, this is, this is the, the teaching that we ought to follow as a result of the tradition that we've inherited. Jesus doesn't do that. We only get a little snapshot here. We might think of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is saying, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you. Right, where he said, I've heard that it was said, and then he quotes something from the Torah. Then he says, but I say to you. He has an authority that trumps even the Torah. Even, even the God-given law of Moses, he has an authority that trumps saying things like Jesus said. And it's a push into Lewis's liar, lunatic, or Lord. If you're doing the things that Jesus is doing, you're either a liar, right? You know that you're not that guy, but you're pretending to be. You're a lunatic because you don't know that you're not that guy. You think you're that guy and you're not, or you're who you say you are. It's easy enough for him to be running around teaching, quote unquote, with his own authority, although it's quite clear that there's a lot of power in his word, but he's actually also performing the actions that back that up. And I think it's terribly significant for us to see what those actions are, because for us, the actions of authority might be that we just blast everybody into shape, right? It's like you know, think about, I'm gonna, should I do this thought experiment with you? <laughs> think about the person that you like least. Okay, not me, okay? Not me for this moment, okay? But you think about the person that, that you like least and then think, okay, you have all the authority in the world to get this, to get things into shape. What are you doing? Don't say you're gonna blow that person off the face of the earth, okay? I can, I can read your hearts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can read your hearts. No, I don't know how, how we think the authority, how authority is gonna work in that situation, but the authority of God is clear here, is always expressed in acts of service and restoration and healing. Who was it who said that? Uh, some lost it completely. Yeah, I looked at my mother for a second, so I blame her for it. <laughs> Something, something about, you know, you want to know how much you love, think of, think of the person you love least. Right? You want to know how much you love God, think of how much you love the person you love least. You don't want to stay there, do you? Yeah, okay. We'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on then. Okay. This is, this is the authority of God in action. In, in preaching, in word, and in deed. We are summoned by Jesus into the renewal movement that he's bringing to bear. What does it mean? It means that he's summoned us in order that we might be renewed so that we can get about the work of restoration, right? We can get on with the work of restoration, which means, which means in practice that we, having been renewed and being renewed all the while, get to make the love of God the inspiration and the, the sustenance and strength and the goal of everything we do. Right? As, human, as, as priests and kings, the goal of our life is always, is always going to be twofold. Right? The goal of human life, as, as, pre, as his priests and kings, it's always going to be twofold. It's going to be giving glory to God and enacting his wise and loving stewardship of creation. Right? It's, going to be the, it's going to be the fullness of the expression of prayer, joining with God, like being caught up with God into that relationship that is the eternal exchange of glorifying love. We're going to be brought into ecstatic union with God, and then we're going to pour ourselves out in his service for the flourishing of his creation. Okay, so glorification of God, 
flourishing of his creation. We're bringing earth to heaven. We're bringing heaven to earth. This is the fully flourishing human life. And this is, this is the life that we are now called to participate in, that God is enacting in us and working through us for his glory and for the, and for the, uh, flowering, the flourishing of creation. He's the one who's doing it. He has summoned us into his service. He's called us into the ecstatic union that, he, that Jesus, that he himself has with his Father. And then in the strength of his own spirit, we are made to have and exercise his authority as well. Right? In the authority of Christ, we're sent out with the, same strength, with, with, the, with the same strength of his own life of love to bring healing to bear, to bring people of hope and home, to be people of hope and to bring his message of hope and whole making to everyone we encounter. Yeah, this is, this is what we're made for. And along those lines, I want to conclude by just looking briefly again at the passage. Right, look, look at the, we're, we're in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark here. The very first chapter, and it seems like everything's already happened, right? But we're in the first chapter here. We see Jesus casting out the demon. Look at, look at what this man says who has this unclean spirit. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You're in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. This kind of revelation hasn't happened yet. You know, we kind of grow into that. But this is happening in the first chapter. The man with the unclean spirit, right? The, the, the defiled one is speaking this word, yeah? You are the Holy One of God. Jesus doesn't say, doesn't turn around and say, hey, everybody gathered here. He's, his life's kind of a mess right now, but he got that right at least, didn't he? You know, like, he, he's going to lean on that and say, yeah, this, he got it right, didn't he? he? Okay, he doesn't say that at all. Look at what his, you already know what his response is. Quiet. Quiet. Yeah, okay, what is, the, what is the lesson for us? The lesson for us is to give God the glory that is his, that is his due. And we do that with the renewed lives that Jesus is making, that Jesus is making possible for us. Right? We do it by, by living into the truly human vocation that Jesus at once responded to and also makes possible for us. We praise God with everything we've got and we pour ourselves out in his service. That's our whole life, right? Our whole life is to be prayer and love. Our whole, no matter the protestations, you know, like our whole, our whole life is to be prayer and love. Prayer and love. God is not looking for, this is it, right? Go from the surface to the, to the depths. God is not looking for assent to the propositional truth that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Not alone, right? We need to make that, we need to stake out the Holy One of God. We need to make that, we need to make that claim. We need to make that proclamation. Jesus is the Holy One of God. He is at the head of this renewal movement. I'm, my, my heart and my life centers on Jesus. We have, to make, we have to make that claim. But then, my friends, we have to live it. We have, we have to live it with every fiber of our being. We want, to, we want to participate in the renewal movement. So it's renewed hearts and lives that give God the acclaim that he has, that is his by, by rights. And we give, we give him his due again in thankful praise of him as his priests and bringing his love to life in everything we do, in every human endeavor and activity.
He is inspiring in it. He is inspiring it in us, and He is sustaining us now as we make our way, all for His glory.